0: In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of John chapter 4 verses 31 to 38. Again, that is John chapter 4 verses 31 to 38. Please open your Bibles to that portion of the Scripture and join me in reading God's Word. Let us all rise in reverence to the Word of God. Meanwhile, and you have entered into their labor. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated.
1: The title of today's sermon is Divine Food, based on John chapter 4, verses 31 to 38. Did you ever feel like you were starving to death? Uh, that is probably an exaggeration for some of us. No, let me correct that, for most of us. Uh, there seems to be a lot of food in this nation. You know the, what people say, if you spit a seed somewhere, on land, somehow it will sprout. That's how rich the land we have. But this is not so true in other parts of the world where nothing grows. But let's change the question a bit. Have you ever felt hungry to the point where you were mentally and emotionally disturbed? Of course, these questions are rhetorical, but remember that moment when you felt you needed to eat, but there was no food. Some of us don't mind because some of us even forget to eat. But some of us who have physical disabilities, or we are more challenged health-wise, especially as we age, we feel the effects of nourishment, the lack of nourishment in our physical bodies. And we feel the need to eat or drink. Take note, we will discuss about food. But before this discussion, the Lord Jesus talked about water, living water, a basic need. Now he's using food to teach his disciples another basic need need. Now, let us translate this identifiable need for food to spiritual food. Although I use the title divine food, because when we think of spiritual food, we usually think of reading God's word and meditating, which is correct. And we see that in Psalm 119, that it is food. We read about Jesus Christ saying, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. However, in this context, that is not the discussion. So please please do not read into the text what Jesus said, although that is true. We're just training ourselves how to study God's Word, first based on this text. And in this text, There is no discussion about reading the Bible or the law, meditating on the law of God. It is something else. The writer John revealed to us another thing about Christ. His food was to do the will of the Father. So after we discuss the text, our prayer is that we... Seek to partake of this spiritual food, which is, again, not limited to the meditation of the scriptures, which is found in other verses of scripture. But in this text, spiritual food or divine food is doing God's will. To do the will of God is food for us. It was food for Christ. And he was teaching his disciples what kind of food this is. And it remains true for us as well. First point, food versus divine food. Christ differentiated the two. Let's read verses 31 to 33. Meanwhile, The disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? After the Samaritan woman left, the disciples offered food to the Lord. That's why they got separated. Everybody went out to look for food. I don't know how they did it, as a gang looking for food, so nobody would mess with them. Remember, they were in a territory hostile to Jews, so it's good to be together. Or they separated themselves in two groups looking for food. We don't know. It's not written. But they came back and they found food. And But the Lord, instead of immediately partaking of the food, used that moment to teach them a lesson. And uh, you have to see that the Lord, although can be very literal, He can also speak in metaphor, in metaphors. And this is a metaphor. He said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Now, he was probably hungry. They walked 100 kilometers. He was thirsty and he was hungry. Now, if you look at the map of Israel, I mean, if you take a car, you'll get there, right? In in less than two hours or probably two hours. But they walked, so, so that would take days now after the long walk the Lord was thirsty and we know that it was time to eat he should be hungry now if you look here if you observe the disciples were truly concerned about his physical well-being rabbi eat but he said about a food that is not natural but divine Now, what was the food here, the will of God, as we have discussed this Sunday after Sunday, building up to this. Instead of going around Samaria, which most Jewish people would do, is not to go through there because, again, there is an animosity among the races. Instead of going around, they went through it instead. Unusual for a Jew. And he was there at noontime by the well. And as something we know about God and Christ, everything is purposive, nothing is by accident. We know that because he is a God of destiny. And clearly said in Romans 8, he predestined. So at this point, there was no accident, it was a divine appointment. He was there at noontime to engage the Samaritan woman. It was by design. Now some would say, why did the Samaritan woman go there during the noontime? It did not say. The text did not say. But we, maybe we can surmise, but careful when you surmise, don't say that's what the word said. So probably, because most of the women go get their water in the morning, maybe she's avoiding them. Maybe there are a bunch of marites, as we call it today, and didn't want to associate with such people. Or maybe she just doesn't like the long line. And some of us don't like long lines. We don't mind the heat, but we don't ma- we mind the long lines. I don't like long lines. I'm okay with the heat, as long as it's quick. But the point was, it was unusual to get water there by noon, but the Lord was there. How do you connect this to food? The food of Christ is to do the will of God. In that context, His food was to speak to the Samaritan woman, to engage her, to have a discussion with her. But that's not all, because the Samaritan woman would leave and talk to the town people and they would go to see him and make him stay. Part of that food within the context is to engage the townspeople. Remember, he revealed himself, I am. The Messiah will come, who will teach us all things, the Samaritan woman said, and he said, I am. Now your translation says, "I am He." but if you look at the Greek, the word "he wasn't there. isn't there? Ego A me," in Greek, I am." What does that refer to? What is John trying to reflect? He is trying to reflect. Ego A me." Christ was actually selling, saying, "I am." Moses asked, "God through the burning bush, what is your name? What shall I say?" And God said. I am Messiah will come the woman said who will teach us all things and Jesus said Ego Amy, e I am though he was referring referring to Messiah he's also referring to himself as John would write it in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the mystery of the Trinity but in this point the spirit will be introduced later but at this point it is the son and the father as one ego e-ming. I have food to do let us remember this there's food we eat and we need to eat physically there's food to eat in the spiritual realm that we need to eat And that is to do the will of God. If we need food, we need to follow the will of God. That's how strong the connection that he was making. Point two, the will of God. Verses 34 to 36 of John chapter 4. Let us read. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So that sower and reaper may rejoice together. The Messiah explained to them that His food was to do God's will and accomplish it. Accomplish the work. What's the work? That will be in a future sense. To suffer, die, and rise again. In the Old Testament sense, a sin is a debt, utang that must be paid. Sin is a debt that must be paid, but we cannot pay it. We cannot afford to pay it. Good works cannot cover it because the amount of sins we commit versus the good works we can do can never be enough. And it's not payment. You cannot say to the law of the Philippines, the enforcers of the law. You cannot say to the judge in the Philippine justice system, But Your Honor, I'm a good citizen of this nation, even though I have committed a crime, even though I have killed somebody. Can't you see that I'm also... Maybe that will balance things out. It doesn't work that way. It does not balance itself out. But in divine law, based on the Old Testament, an innocent animal can take the place of the sinner. But that animal must pay the price. It must die. So the Lord being called the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, is the Lamb of God who must be sacrificed. So His food was to do God's will and accomplish His work. Now still related to food. He would shift a discussion, a minor shift from food to harvest. But there's an overlap. Why is the overlap? What's the overlap? My food, Rabbi, eat, eat. My food is to do God's will. And then he said, do you not say four months before the harvest? I tell you, now is the time to harvest. What was he saying? To do God's will is not after four months. It's not in the future. It is now, it is today. It is like eating. If it is time to eat, it is time to do the will of God. If every day we eat, some of us eat three times a day, some two, some one, some none. You'll die soon. Oh, forgive me for not including the others who eat six times a day, (laughs) and some even ten. Uh, Aside from dinner, there's a second dinner and a midnight snack. Forgive me for neglecting you a while ago. But the body tells us, I need to eat. Our spiritual senses should tell us it is time to do God's will. Not just meditate, not just discuss it in our growth groups, not just listen to it every Sunday, but it is time now. And some of us who are hard-headed will always say, oh, God understands me anyway. I wonder, I keep looking for it. Where the disciples said, oh, Jesus will understand us anyway. Come on. Let's delay that. I don't see it. I just can't see it. Stop. Stop. Ah. Ah. Discipline the mind. Now is the time to do God's will. In that context, it was to engage a Samaritan woman. In our context, it must be to engage a friend, a classmate, a former classmate a work made, or everything that's revealed in Scripture. There are yet four months, then comes the harvest, and Jesus said, Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. What's the point? It's like food, now is the time. That's the point. Look, they're actually celebrating. Uh, the, the labor is already getting paid. And I think it's similar then and now. If you harvest, it's a happy day because people get paid. To those who labor, they get a few sacks of, at least in our context, a few sacks of palai. And sometimes there's the deal between an owner and and the farmer. And the owner of the land gets a piece of the the, the action. I think, I don't know, prevailing is 20, 25, 30 percent, somewhere along that. And the one who invested on it and overseen the project gets most of it, but from it, he also pays. But it's a happy day if it's a good harvest. For us, it's a happy day if there is no typhoon during harvest. It's painful when there's heavy rains. They're already celebrating. They're already getting paid. Verse 36, already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. Then suddenly, he injects something spiritual, something divine, eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. In essence, he was saying to his disciples, do not delay, food is necessary. But the will of God is more necessary. Have you eaten lately? And I'm not talking about physical food. Have we eaten lately? And I mean doing God's will. The Lord further emphasized that now is the time. Do not forget that now is the time. Since the reapers are already receiving payment, he would then explain that the gathering is for eternal life. For the reaper and the reaped, therefore now is the time. The time to harvest and rejoice. Third point, sent to reap. The Lord Jesus spoke about the different roles in sowing and reaping. Then He explained to His followers their assigned role to reap. Usually it's a different set who does the planting and it's a different set who does the harvest. Sometimes it's the same. It depends on the arrangement. Their role was to reap. Somebody else worked before them. Now in this context, what does that mean? Now let's read verses 37 and 38, let's flash that please. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Now what came before? The disciples will be the ones reaping who labored before them. Who? Within the immediate context of starting from John chapter 1, we can say that it is most likely John the Baptist. And in fact, not too far from this text, earlier, one of the disciples of John said, How come there are more people there? The one you a hey, teacher John, you identified somebody. Now everybody's there. There are very few of us here. But in the longer context, in the bigger context of Scripture, it is from the start since Genesis, since Egypt, when the lamb must be sacrificed and the blood painted at the doorposts. It's about Exodus, the Law and the Prophets, the system of sacrifice was introduced. The idea of a savior needed, the idea of a lamb or an animal that must die for the sin of people. That consciousness was put in them long before. Others have labored. The prophets have labored. The writers have labored. And he's saying you should reap when others have labored. And throughout time, there are many who labored before us. And we still benefit from their labor. Many have died. If you study world history, I'm just sad in the Philippines educational system, there is not enough world history, but we need world history. We need to understand what happened in what country and what. Especially the major events in history that shaped us today, including the Philippines. We have to remember that once upon a time, there was something called the Dark Ages. Why was it called the Dark Ages? No invention was made during the Dark Ages. Nothing. People were in the dark when it came to knowledge. Do you know what's correlated with that? The common people were not allowed to read the Bible. Only the Magisterium, a set of people, can interpret the Bible. And whoever that was not part of that religion is called the Inquisition. It's supposed to be not harmful, the term inquire, inquisition, but it actually mean, meant if you don't belong to this religion, you will be tortured. I hope we study history. That's why I cannot agree in this concept of succession. They're claiming that one of the apostles was the head. What if the writers, the dogmas, are contradicting the writings of the New Testament? I can't imagine Peter torturing people or giving that command, the dark ages. And if we truly understood what it was, and many have died because of it. Those who found the Bible, especially with the invention of the printing press, oh, that was wonderful. They burned John Huss alive. And John Huss said, 100 years from now, it was so prophetic, somebody will come, and you cannot prevent him. After 100 years, somebody dared question the establishment. And said, the word says, a person is justified by faith, not religion, justified by faith and not works, putting into question the point system. And you know, the point system involves money called indulgence, when you put a coin, and it jumps, somebody from purgatory jumps out. It was fundraising, and people bought it. The ignorance of the day, that's why it's called dark ages. They have labored before, they have given their lives, so that today we have the freedom to say, this is what scripture said. We study it in context. Some people labored for us in history. We respect that. We acknowledge that. We reap today what others have sown. Some missionaries have come and died. They have gone old and died, and I hear of stories, wonderful stories like stories where areas that Christ was not known. A missionary would go and leave because they would be persecuted and told to leave by the nation's government. But then those whom he left, which were only a handful of people, would extend to 100 tribes, churches, studying the Holy Scriptures others labor and we are grateful for their labor another perspective we can look for those that labored before them not only Moses the law and the prophets or John the baptist but then within the context we can also say well well though although it's not we cannot not sure if we can call it labor but the one who works For salvation is one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is their work. As we were destined in Psalm 135, in the womb He fashioned us. In the womb, God destined us to be born. So as Jesus said, it is not the will of man that you are born from above, it is the will of God, not man. The will of God we reap, but it's a blessed thing that the Lord involves us in the reaping, in proclaiming the Gospel and persuading people to believe because the Lord has prepared many of them to believe. Application number one, know the difference. Know the difference of what? Point number one, food versus divine food. Although we need food to survive and remain healthy, let us not forget the truth about divine food. We can all overextend the analogy. Allow me, please. Forgive me for overextending. But if you eat junk food only, what's going to happen to your health? If you have, have the habit of fast food and junk food every week since you were four, I think this generation will get sick sooner. May I extend the analogy, if what you hear is junk teaching without proper context study, your spiritual life will be affected. Junk teaching, cliches, so popular you think it's the right thing unless you studied carefully. But let me go back to the main line of the lesson. There is food. And there's divine food. Spiritual food or divine food is to do the will of God and the will of God is revealed in the Bible. So if we need food, let us remember that we also need divine food. The illustration may sound simple but its implications are profound. The explanation is simple, the application profound. Divine food is not limited to meditating on God's Word but includes Doing God's will, the question is, do we partake of the divine food? Number two, do the will of God. The Lord's food was to do God's will and to accomplish His work. He accomplished His work on the cross. Our food should be to do God's will and bring people to understand His completed work. The completed work of Christ, the suffering, death and resurrection, that is a complete work that fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies, and the Old Testament law of forgiveness. The Messiah who was to come, we speak about that, that is God's will. Within the context of our discussion, the will of the Father was for the Son to speak to the Samaritan, and later some of the people from the town in the later verses. His food is also to accomplish the work of suffering, dying, and rising from the dead. Our food and our spiritual need, take note, our spiritual need would be to proclaim His work to others. I hope we see it as a spiritual need. You know, what if you don't see it as a spiritual need? Do you know the person who doesn't think food is a need? They get sick and they die, right? If you don't see this as a spiritual need, maybe you were never alive, right? Because the dead does not seek food. Ever been to a funeral and have there your favorite drink? Hey, buddy, want a drink? The dead would not rise and say, give me that drink. Ah, The dead would not do that. Even the genuinely asleep will not do that. You know, some people so hard to wake up. But when you tell them there's food, they're awake, right? Especially if it's their favorite. I got pizza from Grazzini. I've got pilly cream pie from coffee table. Then somehow they're awake. Some people are so hard to wake up, unless you say these things. Ah, but are we awake spiritually? Are we, are we, are we awake? Are we alive? Are we alive? Inside your heart, you say, amen, because I feel that need. Uh, Some of us would say, I don't know. Am I? Even the baby knows when it's hungry. The baby cries. And the baby gets mad when there's no milk. And mommy knows mommy knows she he, baby's mad and mommy must get up okay baby okay baby okay even the baby knows even the new christian knows he must follow god's will but zombies all they know is eating what's not to be eaten eaten Zombies just suck the life out of you. And some of these zombies are in church. (laughs) They suck the life out of you, but they will not do God's will. But they will suck the life of the believers here. Of course, if you're truly in Christ, they can't really do that. But they suck away your energy and still remain disobedient to the will of God. They would not eat and they will not eat because they are not born yet not yet born from above. Ah, Reap the harvest. We must reap the harvest. What what resembles the harvest? People prepared for eternal life. By whom? Prepared by God Himself through His Spirit and the Word. When do we harvest? Now. Now. We must harvest. Now is the time. Let us avoid making excuses, I'm just new, I'm not spiritual, but do you understand the gospel? If you don't try to understand the gospel, and please share the gospel, whether it's just by praying and mentioning it, whether it's repeating the words of Christ, when Christ said, follow me, and you say, I want to follow him, even though you know you're imperfect. The point is not to be so perfect that you you have the qualification to proclaim the gospel. The point is, it was His work, not your work. It was His perfection, not your perfection. Not my perfection. His perfection is what we proclaim. Somebody tells you, I think sometimes you're a hypocrite. What do you answer there? You say yes. I'm a sinner like you, and we, you and me, need to repent now. You don't pretend what you are not. No excuses, no delays. Gathering the harvest is the will of God. It is our spiritual need. If we say we are busy or uncomfortable sharing, we should find a way, still, to fulfill. We cannot neglect it. If you're not comfortable with speaking to your age, then speak to the children. And for five years, watch them grow to be teenagers, steadily reminding them God's word and growing with them. Find a way. But we cannot neglect it. It is our need. So what do you do? You check your calendars, busy people, or pseudo-busy people, pseudo, not for real. I'm busy, God knows when you lie, and liars go to hell. (laughs) Love you, but God forgives us if we repent, okay? Pseudo-liars, busy, you're not busy, you're afraid. You have fear, you're uncomfortable, you feel awkward, that's the truth. But that's the concept of courage through the grace of God. What's courage through the grace of God? I might get rejected, but it doesn't matter. I'm proclaiming His work, not my work. If they persecuted Jesus, they will persecute us. But it's His work, not my work. Check your calendars and put a date, I'll meet this guy, I'll invite this guy, and this girl, I'll connect with this girl, find a way, I'll visit this, then let's just work on it. Christ is the living water, we need the living water. And he also spoke about what's welling, it will a well, and that's the Holy Spirit as well, we can see that in the context in the next few chapters. We need Him and we need spiritual food, which is to do the will of God as revealed in Scripture. As I end, I share to you a piece of poetry entitled Divine Food. Food, which is a necessity, it helps with our tranquility. But what about this divine food? Is this something that we include? Christ food to do the the Father's will. In suffering, he remains still. Messiah accomplished his work. From suffering, he did not shirk. Therefore, we should never avoid. And divine food should be enjoyed. Our need is to reap. That's our food. If we do, we feel well and good therefore let us have a new sense spiritual sense should not be dense a new viewpoint of the reaper you're the reaper know that deeper you're not the reaper on death's door but the opposite and much more the reaper of eternal life because he rose after he died We reap the harvest that's prepared of everyone who would be spared. Then, wake up, reaper of the fields. Let's harvest the eternal yields. Let us all rise. Let us pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Your word is beautiful, Lord. Wonderful, lovely. Amazing, majestic. A simple transaction of your disciples offering you food. And you gave them a lesson. Of what you needed was to do the will of the Father. And that we follow because you want us to follow you our food what we need is to do the will of the Father and within this context it is to engage people and tell them about you that you are Messiah that you are the I am the one who paid the price who was atoned One who paid through the suffering because of our sin. And may we understand that our only participation in our salvation is the sin that we have committed. And no good works can help but only trusting in what you have done. Believing in what you have done. Thank you, Lord be glorified may the grace of the lord jesus the love of the father and the fellowship of his spirit be with you all god's people say Amen. good morning god bless you